Did you know that Easy Medical Device is not only a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel? It's also an agency that is providing you consulting, coaching, and training for medical devices. So if you have any projects, don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info at easymedicaldevice.com. So talk to you later. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today, I wanted to answer a question I'm always receiving on my email. So I said, why not creating just a podcast episode for that? Uh, the question is mainly, how can I get ISO 13485 certified? And there is a lot of confusion regarding this ISO. Should you be ISO 13485 certified or not? Um, what does apply to me, etc., etc. Um, so... Here, I want really to just provide you uh, the few information about it, summary information, so we'll not go deep dive on ISO 13485 and tell you everything on it, but I will just give you some key points that are really uh, important to, to get from it. And the first one is what is ISO 13485? Uh, there is a lot of confusion between ISO 13485, ISO 9001 and others. And the idea is for you to understand that ISO 13485 is the basis for a quality management system for medical device manufacturers. Uh, what is important to understand is that if you are manufacturing a finished product, most likely this ISO will be really good for you. Um, if you are a service provider or a supplier, uh, this ISO is also okay for you, but it's not mandatory. The thing is that um, the ISO 13.5 has some chapters about servicing, has some chapter about production. So if you are applying those, uh, this will be fine, it's okay. But it's not mandatory specifically uh, because you are not producing a finished product. So the idea is that as soon as you are producing a finished product or maybe modifying a finished product, this ISO can be uh, important to have and maybe you are already considered as a as a medical device manufacturer. But if you are not, you can use some ISO like ISO 9001 uh, for, for that, which is a general quality management system uh, for, for your company. Uh, what is happening, what I, I mainly see is the fact that a lot of medical device manufacturers um, do want or recommend or oblige some of their suppliers or service providers to have uh, this ISO. Uh, because for them, it's a guarantee that they have a quality management system, that they have some kind of process in place. And it's also a guarantee for some notified bodies or some uh, certification bodies that, yes, this company or this supplier is having an ISO certificate. So mainly, I suppose, uh, it's just an assumption. It is some, a good company, a company that is really providing good services. So um, what is important to understand also is um, that the EU is recognizing ISO 13485. 
what does it mean? They have created an harmonized standard list. So it's a list where we have all the standards that the EU recognize for some um, regulation or some directives. In that case, EU recognized ISO 13585 for the three directives. So the Medical Device Directive, 9342EC, the uh, IEMDD uh, Directive, uh, active, in, uh, active Implantable Medical Device Directive, and the IVDD, so In Vitro Diagnostic Directive. So the thing is, when the EU recommends that, what does it mean? It means that if it is in the harmonized list, um, a notified body that is looking or a certifying body that is finding this standard uh, in the uh, in at the company should consider that if you are following the standard you are compliant to the uh, law or the regulation um, so it means also that you can not you can if you want you can use another standard it's not like you have to use this one um, but if you use another standard it's not recognized so what does it mean it means that you will have maybe to prove more things you have to provide more evidence you have to um, struggle more if i can say uh, to uh, be compliant to the medical device uh, law uh, medical device directive and um, i've never seen a company medical device company that went to an audit without an iso 30 so maybe it exists, but I never saw that. Uh, and I'm not recommending that because uh, it makes your life more difficult uh, than if you had already an ISO 13485. So if you are a medical device manufacturer, if you are manufacturing a product that is sold in Europe, um, and if you need a quality management system, most likely ISO 13485 is the one that you will choose. Um, what is also a question, the question that also people are asking me is who, how can I get this certificate? So what is the process to get that? So the process to get that is to first buy the ISO 13485 standard. A standard is not something free, it's something that you have to, to acquire. So you have to go to ISO.org uh, or other, there is other shops. Uh, BSI also is selling that, etc. So you can go there and you can buy the, the standard. It's around 100, 200, euro uh, so I don't know exactly the, 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 the range but you, you go and you buy that and inside the standard you will see all the requirements so a standard is a list of requirements you have to do that you have to put that you have to implement that etc etc um, so as soon as you have this standard and you have implemented that then you can contact a certification body or if you are selling these products in Europe uh, and you need a, a notified body, then a notified body is also normally able to certify you for ISO 13485. So you contact the certification body or this notified body. You are telling them, I want to be certified for ISO 13485. And they are coming to your place. They are auditing your system. So they are auditing that you have place, you have put in place all the requirements of the ISO. And then the, if they are satisfied, they are giving you a certificate. If they are not satisfied, if they, are, I mean, if there is some minor non-conformities, uh, it means that there is some minor things that you haven't implemented, um, then you can get still the certificate, but you will have to answer those non-conformities uh, as soon as possible. But if you have major non-conformities, maybe they will not give you the certificate because giving you the certificate means that this company is. Uh, okay to give you a certificate with its name saying that you are complying to ISO 13485. If they do that um, without really 
you complying to it, they can lose first their accreditation. Um, and second, their certificate will have no real value because the objective of that is to show that this company is really uh, following a certain standard. Um, so the advice also is the fact that, yeah, if you are already looking for a CE marking and if you need a notified body, don't get a certification body in one side and a notified body in the other side. Go directly with the notified body for the ISO 3485. Uh, it will be less, um, yes, less a problem because there will be not two audits at the, at the same time. There will be only one audit. Uh, and then you'll pay only once. And in terms of uh, cost, this is also a question that people are asking me. What, how much does it cost to get an ISO 13485 certificate? The answer is it depends. It depends on what? It depends on your company, the company size, number of employees, number of products inside. If it's a product class one, or I mean not class one because class one doesn't need a notified body, it's self-certification. If it's class 2A, class 2B, class 3 or class 1 sterile, class 1 with measuring function or class 1 now, uh, with uh, that is a surgical reusable instrument, then you will have to fill a form and you will give a lot of details to this, um, this notified body or this certification body. They have some rules, if I can say, to calculate all that, but it's independent. There is no kind of law saying here is how much cost a certification, here is how much cost an audit, etc. etc. You have to look at the quotation and see if it, you are okay with that. Um, but yeah, if I can give you some range from my experience, it goes from 15,000 uh, euro to around 30,000 euro. It depends, as I said, on the, on the range of company that you, that you are. And it's for a, a certain cycle, a three-year cycle. So you should know that the ISO certification is not something that you get once and then it's finished. No, you have to um, get it renewed every three years. So the thing is, um, you have first an audit, certification uh, audit. Then you have a following, every year you will have another audit. So you have the certification audit. Then you have a surveillance audit one, surveillance audit two, surveillance audit and renewal, etc., etc. So there is this cycle. So each time you are uh, renewal, then certification, uh, verification number one, two, three, etc., etc. So the thing is, you have, as soon as you start to get ISO 13485 certificate, uh, you cannot stop, if I can say, you cannot stop paying, you cannot stop uh, having that. You, you have always to renew and to pay again and to renew and to pay again. So this should be put also on your budget. During those surveillance audits, uh, the auditors can still have some issues and uh, they will issue non-conformities. So it will be also more work for you to correct those non-conformities and to satisfy the requirements of the, of the auditor. So you should understand then that um, you need really a quality person, a person that is helping you or a consultant that is helping you uh, to maintain your quality management system because it's not like you are putting that in place Today, you get audited tomorrow, and after that, you don't touch it at all during the next um, audit. I've seen that with some companies uh, where I worked for. Um, it was always kind of a panic mode just before the audit. We know that the audit will arrive in two or three weeks. Then we are starting to be in a panic mode and start to correct everything, to change everything, what is good, what is bad. My advice is really to have to do not have this 
issue to really maintain a quality management system on a on a on a periodic basis. If you have to change the document, change it now. If you have to uh, open a, a, a non-conformity or uh, a kappa, so it's now. You should not wait for uh, for it and not wait to to open it before an audit because the auditor will find it and maybe issue a non-conformity. So I hope yeah this is really more clear for you. Um, what I wanted to do also is uh, to give you some um, elements that are contained in the ISO 13485. So the ISO 13485 is composed of many chapters and there are some key chapters or main chapters if I can say because um, there is some chapters that you have really to understand uh, so you can follow them. So there is for example chapter 4 which is called quality management system which is the system or the, the chapter that is following the basis of a quality management system. It's this chapter where you will we will talk about the quality manual for example. This is the main document, the highest document on your, on your quality uh, system which is giving you a global overview overview of all uh, what is on your quality management system. Um, then you have also doc control. Doc control is really an important chap an important procedure because it's telling you how you should control your document, how you should um, write, if I can say, the, the, you know, the number for documents. For example, uh, the procedure for uh, doc control can be called SOP-001. And this numbering code, you have also to define that in your uh, process. Maybe if for a formula, it will not be SOP, it will be F for form. Uh, maybe for a work instruction WI. So you have to define that. You have also to define what is a good practice to updating your documentation, uh, how you should change the document, when you have a change, who should approve, etc. So, so these are rules that you are putting in place for your whole company. If you are alone on the on the on the company, so having this full system can maybe be too much. But if you are 60 people, 70 people, etc., then you have to have something uh, that is really clear and uh, easy to understand for every employee. Then we have chapter five, which is management responsibility. Inside management responsibility, we are talking, for example, about the quality policy. The quality policy is uh, an interesting document. This is. Um, a, a document where you are mentioning specifically what what is your vision regarding quality, what you want to to do with the, with the quality of your of your products. For example, you are saying I will satisfy my customers, I will uh, I will place compliant products on the market, etc. So, so you are putting a, a description of your policy, and uh, so usually you have also to teach this policy or to to tell your employees about this policy. And uh, it happened to me once, we had a lot of meetings talking about what is the quality policy. Uh, what I have also created, I created some badge that you are putting inside, I mean some badge, some card that you are putting inside your badge uh, so that you have the quality policy with you. Um, I have, uh, we have stick that everywhere in the company also. Uh, and uh, during an audit, the auditor asked one of our employees, uh, do you know the quality policy? And the person said, what's that? But it has the quality policy around him. It has the quality policy on his badge. He knows about it. He heard about it a lot of time. But I was so embarrassed. I said, <laughs> we had so many meetings and then it was not really uh, efficient because people didn't really uh, understood what we are talking about maybe. But um, at the end, um, there is also stress that is maybe there during an audit. You have to understand that the notified body or the auditor can go and audit directly your people without audit talking to you. So you have really to... Um, 
put, if I can say, this quality mindset in all your employees so that they really, um, that you have a successful quality management system. Um, what we have also, as we have the quality policy, we have also the quality objectives that are coming from the quality policy. Uh, we are putting in place objectives to, uh, to follow the vision so we want to satisfy our customers. How we are doing that? We are doing that by having this uh, delivery time of uh, less than one, one day. Uh, we have uh, no non-conformities, uh, as, uh, as uh, compliance as low as possible, etc., etc. So we are putting some objectives for, for the company. And we have also a chapter called Management Review, which is a meeting that you are having every quarter or half a year or yearly, but you have to justify why yearly because we usually are doing that every uh, mid-year uh, or uh, every quarter. Uh, this is a meeting where you are disclosing all the data that you have from your quality management system. And the objective is to confirm that your quality management system is still okay, that you have enough resources, that it's still uh, working correctly, or if you find some issues that you have an action plan to correct that. So this is mainly the objective. Then we have chapter six related to resource management, uh, which is the one talking about human resource, about infrastructure, um, computers, or uh, you, you tools that you are using, or working environment. For example, if you are you have to work in a in a white room or a, a controlled room, so here you have all the elements there. Then you have chapter seven, which is a big chapter. This chapter seven is called product realization. This is a chapter where you have the planning of your products, the design, the production, the processing, the control. This is a chapter where we are talking from the, of the product from beginning to the end, from raw material to delivery to the customer. So then you have all the range of activities or process that you have to implement there. Then you have the last chapter, which is chapter eight, which is measuring, uh, measurement, analysis, and improvement. Um, this is a chapter where we talk more about customer feedback, compliance, reporting, um, analysis of data, uh, kappa. So kappa is corrective action, preventive action. This is a chapter where you are getting the data, you are processing them, and you are maybe improving your system. The objective is to, to make like a PDCA, the deming, uh, deming wheel. Uh, so um, plan, do, check, act. So it means that you are receiving the information, you are processing them, and then you are doing, so you are correcting, and then you are seeing if the correction is really um, done correctly. Um, so this is mainly the different chapters that you have summarized. You have really to go to each of them uh, to, to see uh, what, what you have. And there is some annexes at the end. For example, if you are, if you are a company that is ISO 9001, uh, there is a chapter at the end of the ISO 13485 where uh, they are giving you a comparison between 9001 version 2015 and 13485 version 2016. Uh, so you can see then if you have the same um, procedures already or if you need to add this procedure, etc. So, so it gives you really uh, a gap, if I can say assessment regarding the, the, the two ISO. So you know exactly if you are an uh, ISO 9001 company, uh, what you have to do to be ISO 13485. Because there is some companies that are trying to be both 9001 and 13485 because maybe they are selling some medical devices in one side and they are uh, selling some normal products, if I can say, in another side. Okay, um, some other points is about the medical device regulation. So EUMDR 2017-745. Uh, there is a lot of people that are asking me, okay, I am 
uh, ISO 13485. So uh, can I pass the EUMDR without any issue? The answer is no. The EUMDR, the EUMDR is providing you new requirements or more requirements regarding your uh, your quality management system. Um, so mainly they are, those requirements are in Article 10, uh, Paragraph 9. Uh, where you have a list of all the quality management system elements that needs to be found uh, on your uh, on your system, uh, the I, I picked here some of those that are not, for example, in the ISO 13485. Uh, the first one is, for example, the strategy for regulatory compliance. You have to define your strategy to place your products on the market, to have the conformity assessment, to classify your products. It's not something that is described in the ISO 13485. You have also to have some elements to uh, define what is applicable to uh, to to comply with the uh, GSPR, so General Safety and Performance Requirements, uh, which is the Annex 1 of the EUMDR. So you have also to have some elements to define, I am complying to that following this pr a procedure uh, for that, for example, a sterilization procedure, or for example, uh, I don't know, some, some other procedures that are specific maybe to your products to that you are following, um, following that. Um, we have also the clinical evaluation uh, requirements. So this is also something that maybe should be created in a, in a procedure. You have the UDI verification. UDI is not something specific to ISO. So uh, as we have to implement the UDI, you have also on the production level, maybe on the design level to define how you are creating the UDI and on the production level, how to, you are verifying that UDI is really well placed on the product. Then you have to have also procedures for that. Um, Another one is communication to authorities, to stakeholders, to economic operators, how you are doing this communication. Uh, and this is uh, maybe something or to integrate in each uh, procedures where we are talking, for example, about uh, reporting to authorities or uh, notified bodies, or you can create a, a one procedure where you are listing for um, talking to the authority, here are the different procedures that I created for talking to the notified body, here is the procedure that is talking about that, etc. So to give you one procedure that is mentioning specifically um, how you are talking to all your stakeholders. Um, okay, for MDR, this is it. Um, I think you you have really to to implement those procedures. So you are your ISO 13485 or your quality management system is really ready for an audit by a notified body. Now, if you are a US company, so US companies are usually using the um, the GMP, so the 21 CFR. Part 820, uh, which is the quality management system uh, in the US. This is in the US, this is low. This is not like a standard. It's not like um, if you won't use it. No, it's low, so you have to use it. And dependent on your products, there is some products that maybe don't need that, but there is some product where it's mandatory to use that. Um, so what is interesting is now that the ISO 13485 uh, version 2016 is really comparable to the US FDA, uh, the 21 CFR um, part A20. Um, at a point that we heard the FDA saying, maybe we will remove our GMP uh, and use the ISO 13485 for quality management system. Um, so it means really that they are really comparable. Um, there is still some vocabulary that is not the same. Uh, they are using some vocabulary like uh, design history file, DMR, uh, device master, master record, etc., uh, which is not existing on your on your ISO. But as it's really comparable, we have also some equivalence in our ISO. Um, so if you are an US company 
that want to sell their products to the market, uh, you will have to have an ISO 13485, uh, as we said, because uh, EU is not recognizing the GMP. Uh, so you have to have ISO 13485 to be on the safe side. Uh, but so it means that you need also to have a notified body. So instead, as I've said, to go for a certification body only that is not a notified body, go directly for a notified body for your certification with ISO 13485 if you want to uh, sell your products to Europe. What is also important to understand is the fact that um, we have another certification mode which is called MDSAP, MDSAP. Sorry, MDSAP, because uh, I remember on an uh, episode on, uh, with Angelina Hakim she, uh, from uh, QUNIC, she just told me, don't say MDSAP, say MDSAP. Okay, so the MDSAP. Um, so the MDSAP is a, a medical device single audit program, and it combines a lot of re references or a lot of um, requirements. And it refers to requirements of five countries. So there is USA, Canada, Brazil, Japan, Australia, and also the ISO 13485 version 2016. So it's mainly why also maybe the US want to comply with this ISO because at the end, if for MD uh, SAP they have to have this um, following this ISO, so why not directly going for, for that? Actually, the Canada, for example, wants uh, it's mandatory to be MDSAP to sell your products to Canada. Uh, so if you want to uh, sell your products to Canada, ISO 13485 is also an important standard for you. Okay, so I think I, I give you really all the elements related to ISO 13485. Maybe there are more. Uh, I created also an article on my blog if you want to go to check the frequently asked question on ISO 13485. Um, and uh, if you need any support to create your ISO 13485 quality management system, don't hesitate to contact me. Uh, so Easy Medical Device is helping uh, clients to build those standards, clients to register products in, in Europe. Uh, to also find your uh, authorized representative. So don't hesitate uh, to contact me, to send me an email at info at easymedicaldevice.com, info, I-N-F-O, at easymedicaldevice.com. And I will try to uh, answer you as soon as possible to provide you uh, more details about, uh, about this service. Um, okay, so um, I hope you like this type of episode where I'm providing really a, a snapshot about the, the uh, a certain item. I will try to do that more often. Uh, uh, as I receive a lot of questions and sometimes it's exactly the same question. So instead of replying one to the other, I will now point to some episodes and say, go to this episode, all the questions, all the answers to your question are, are there. Uh, so so I, I hope it's great for you. Okay, so don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Don't forget also to put a like uh, or comment also. Uh, even if you liked it, just you said you liked it, so put put something on the comment. I really appreciate that because I really want to see uh, what is providing you value and what is really helping you. So don't hesitate really to, uh, to give me some, some feedback. Okay, so thank you very much and I wish you a nice day. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.